We are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, welcome to the podcast. Today is an exciting podcast day for me specifically because we get to talk to a good friend of mine, uh, but also just from a brotherhood standpoint, you're, you're used to hearing our brotherhood breakfast, you're used to hearing our recaps, and we've been talking about adding more and more additional content because I think brotherhood is much more than just a breakfast. I think it's a community. I think it's like-minded people striving for like-minded things, and I think that uh, this is just another opportunity for us to pull in uh, uh, for, from some great mentors and some great people uh, that uh, are helping point us in the right direction for what we should be going to and ultimately uh, for brotherhood as well. I have today with me Mark Delaney. Mark is a coach, a brother, and a mentor. He's the founder of the Purpose Mastermind that helps people find freedom, clarity, and direction in our in their lives. And in addition to that, uh, he was one of our speakers at our Brotherhood Summit, which you can go back a couple podcasts ago and listen to his speech about vulnerability. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Brotherhood. Thank you for being uh, a mentor to us and a brother. Uh, we're so excited to have you here today. Say hello to the Brotherhood. I'm glad to be on here. The Brotherhood is one of my favorite circles in life to hang out with. Anyone who's part of the Brotherhood is uh, a friend of mine. I love being a part of it. Absolutely. I want to talk a little bit. I want to kind of just jump into this because you've talked about vulnerability and that's been a, a really... Uh, transformational, I think, uh, message for you, uh, but also for guys in the brotherhood. You've even spoke at some breakfasts in the past about the importance of vulnerability. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, another thing that you're passionate about, which is finding purpose and helping other people find purpose. And I think that when we're thinking about freedom, clarity, and direction in life, that we all want to strive towards those things but for some reason it seems like it's it's more of a a journey than a destination and so i'd love to kind of have you break that down a little bit in terms of why is it so difficult for us to find those things and what's what's the best way to start marching in that direction well, it's a loaded question, and I, I wish we had about three hours in a campfire with about 10 men to talk about this because it lights me up whenever I get to hear a human being finish what I think is the ultimate sentence, my purpose is. I'll tell you a story. I was talking with a young man the other day at a, at a restaurant. I was meeting with his older brother and he said, hey, my younger brother is in town and I want him to get to hang out. He needs some good guy time. And he's 15 years old. And this 15-year-old has been through some tough things in life. And when people have been through tough things, they start answer, they start asking good questions. Mm. Um, let me just throw in here. It's good when our kids face tough things in life because they start asking good questions. So this 15-year-old, he looked at me and he said, so how does someone find their purpose? And I said, well, you got to look in the right place. It's easy. I had a short conversation with him about how purpose is not something outside of you that you get. It's something on the inside of you that you give. And then I told him one of my favorite, about one of my favorite songs, which is The Rainbow Connection by Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog singing, why are there so many songs about rainbows and what's on the other side? And I explained to him, I said, you know, when you look for, when you look for something outside of you, 
that was never outside of you. You'll, you'll never find it. And the desperate search can just go on and on and on and lead to such frustration. I, I told him, I, I said, it's, it's inside of you. And I played the song for him. I, I, put, I put it on my phone and I said, I'm going to play this song for you. And I bet before this song is over, you can know your purpose. And I put it in front of him and I talked to his brother. And about two minutes into that song, that young man, he grabbed my my manual, my Purpose Mastermind booklet. He grabbed it from my side of the table and took my pen. And in the back of the book, there's this uh, certificate, basically, where you finish the sentence, my purpose is. And he wrote his purpose in my book, which was <laughs> wonderful. And I tell yeah. you, I read what he wrote, and I still get chills as I think about it. Our purpose is much easier and much more powerful than we let it be. But the longer we live, we tangle up our life in the desperate search. We get so tangled up. We have to untangle things in order to be able to find the simple power of a purpose that was within us all along. So the 15-year-old, it took him about five minutes to find his purpose. I'm a little jealous of this 15-year-old. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. By the time someone is 50, it probably takes about five meetings. Um, but the good news is just last week we met with five couples and we had finished, we had gone through the purpose mastermind in this group and to hear 10 people in a room boldly say, my purpose is, and finish that sentence. It is such a game changer and anyone can know their purpose and no one's blown it. They're not too late to know it. No, no one, no one's messed up their life too much. No one's too old for it. We can know our purpose. And when we know our purpose, instead of life being this desperate search, it is a, it's a passionate giving of one's life every single day. Yeah. Uh, it's funny you bring that up. I actually uh, wrote down a quote that uh, I'd love to get your feedback on. It's from Pablo Picasso. And he says, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. And I think that kind of aligns a little bit with, with what you're saying. Yes, yes, it does. As a matter of fact, we're we're making a new version of our mastermind booklet, and that quote is in the booklet. It made it. Hey, I haven't so read that. In, so yes, it's in the booklet. No, you haven't read it, and uh, no, I think it's powerful. I and yeah. I, let's be honest about this. I never set out to be a person that help would help people find their purpose. That was never a goal of mine. It was never on my list of things to do. It's something that's come out of my life, but it's come out of my life because I had to do in my life the hard work to pursue it myself because there were seasons in my life where I felt like I had missed God's call on my life, which is a, which is a huge burden when a person feels mm-hmm. like they've left God's call on their life. <clears throat> I think about times in my life, probably the single greatest pain of my life, and I think many people feel this pain, the greatest pain that I, that I overcame was the pain that my life was not what it was meant to be. That you have this one life that, that you get to, to live on planet Earth, and I was so stuck in the pain that my life was not what it was meant to be. I think that is possibly the greatest human pain 
But how do you talk about that? It doesn't make sense to tell someone, man, I, it, I, I'm struggling because I feel like my life is, is a big disappointment. But that pain, quite frankly, is why I weighed 380 pounds one day. I think that pain is why there are men who are alcoholics. That pain is why men are drug addicts. That pain is why men are just drifting about in all kinds of craziness. And we look at men and we say, you know what? You need to stop drinking. What's the matter with you? You need to stop doing drugs. What's the matter with you? And what's the matter with a man is he feels like his life was supposed to account for something and he feels like it never has and never will. Well, when a human being thinks that his life was supposed to mean something and it never will mean anything, how does a man not drink? How does a man not get involved in all kinds of activity to just cope away those kind of feelings? And I had to face that in my own life. And I, I just, I just think inside of all of us men, my goal every day is to live like a four-year-old boy that gets out of the bathtub. And when he dries himself off, he has a moment where he takes it to that towel. And for whatever reason, he decides to put it around his neck as a cape. And he looks in the mirror and he sees something. He sees something in him that he knows his life must do something. I want to live like that four-year-old boy every day that I am so caught up in the cape that I wear, which represents my purpose, that I don't have time to get bogged down by what I look like. I don't have time to get bogged down by my reputation because I'm not thinking about my reputation. I'm thinking about my purpose. And I want that for all men. I want it for all men. I want men to put their cape on. So I, I, there's a lot there and I, I, I want to kind of weave in and out of some of the things, but there was, there was one thing that you were kind of touching on just, um, I feel like we're making an assumption and I want to, I want to, I want to address the assumption, uh, real quick, because I think it ties into just overall brotherhood and everything else, uh, that we're all kind of striving for together here, uh, specifically brotherhood. Um, I believe that when we when we're talking about purpose and, and you you said the statement along the lines of I was created for a purpose. I think that that is for me as a as a Christ follower that is something that I ascribe to uh, because of my relationship with Christ. I believe that Christ created me for a purpose and that's why I exist. That so it so part of my journey is figuring out what my purpose is. When, when I'm born, when I'm four years old, I don't necessarily know what the purpose is. I just know that I'm created for a purpose, and, and there's a discovery process that's going to happen as I get in that direction. Mm -hmm. But I think the other side of that is you take the assumption away that God created me for a purpose. Let, you take God out of it. If if you if you're walking in a in a in a uh, in a world where you're agno either agnostic or you're atheist, I think that's where purpose becomes difficult because in that regard, I don't know that you can say the statement I was created for a purpose because then you're implying creation. You're, you're implying that, yeah. that, that God did something for you. And so have you been in a situation where you've really kind of had to, 
have that conversation with somebody to kind of say the, 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 the whole life purpose thing points to a creator as opposed to the whole life purpose thing does not exist. If you do not, uh, if, if you're in kind of the worldview of either there is no God or there are multiple gods, I, I think that purpose becomes a lot more difficult in those camps as opposed to God created me for a purpose. And I just kind of love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. I, I love everything that you just said. There's a man um, six weeks ago who lives in Germany that reached out to me. He was struggling with meaning. He, he told me later that about every three or four months after he accomplishes some goal, he reaches the goal and it feels so empty and Mm -hmm. it takes them, took him to this dark place of meaninglessness and what's my purpose. Then he would chase the next goal. And okay, once I do this, like I'm going to feel something. Mm -hmm. And he kept going to that dark place and he stumbled onto YouTube and watched one of my videos about purpose. And he connected with me and we've had, we had these five conversations with the purpose mastermind. And in his case, I, I did not talk about God. Um, but the third meeting, he looked at me on Zoom, of course, and he said, I have just always had this burden on the inside of me that there was something I was supposed to do. Like, like I'm supposed to, my life was supposed to matter for something. And he said, did God put that there? And of course <laughs> we had a conversation about that because I, I think I love that. that. I, I, yeah, I do too. And we talked about Ephesians two ten. I'm God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works, which he, which he prepared in advance for us to do. And so, yeah, there's no doubt everything you said is so true that, if somebody wants to deny the reality of God, they're also denying the reality of anything of value that their life could be. And that's pretty painful. Right. So I I think when I I love talking to you about purpose because it carves down into the depth of our, to the very foundation of who we are and what we believe you can't talk about purpose without going to the darkest places of yourself you can't talk about purpose without going to uh, the reality of, of your existence in terms of God. You just can't do it. You can't talk about purpose without talking about um, the most important people in your life and what you do with them. That's why I love talking about purpose because it goes to every deep place. <laughs> yeah. And it's scary. I get, don't get me wrong. It's scary. I, I, I've invited people to go through the program and talk about purpose and, I've had grown men look at me and say, I can't talk about that. And they said it in such a way that they were basically saying, don't ever mention this to me again. And I get that. I totally get that. The longer you live and you think that your life is not going to count, the pain grows. The longer you live and you think that you've been swinging and missing at life, the pain of that, the frustration of that, mm, it's, a, it's a heavy burden. Yeah. I think the reason that I bring that up is is I, I, I think that from like a self-motivation standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, 
like a lot of times purpose comes into play. I mean, you, you, you have mission statements for your business. And so this, these are some of the roles that we have, but your mission is why you exist. And I think as a company, you're solving a problem. You're, you're, you're trying to do these things and do these things well. And I think more people spend, I, I think a lot of people spend more time on a business mission statement than they do on their own purpose, their own purpose statement for the, for themselves. Like the, the true question of, why do I exist? What What is the purpose of life? As I think that's something that people toy around with. And I think that, you know, you watch a movie or or you'll hear a speaker and, and, and they'll maybe make a convincing point and you'll go, okay, well, that, that might be it. Uh, I watched one movie and I think the answer was 47, uh, which didn't connect with me. But I think that ultimately when you're, when you're starting to ask those questions and you're starting to dig a little bit deeper into like who you are, like, like what, like my life's experiences all the way up to this point has, has prepared me for something. Uh, and I was born in America. I was born in Oklahoma. I would like, there's a lot of things that have happened just to get me to this very moment that I'm starting to have this conversation with myself and to say, is that a situation of, uh, just circumstance or, you know, it, it was inevitable or does all of that lead us to a point. And I think that when we can start to surrender the, the idea that we are not in control and that we were, that we are created beings and we were created for a reason, I think that's when purpose and fulfillment become attainable because we're starting to, to recognize, all right, there's things that are bigger here going on than just me operating at a hundred percent or me being very successful. Uh, that when I'm in a situation now and I can recognize my role and what I bring to the table with my purpose, that's where I can really start adding value. That's where I can be fulfilled in what I'm doing. That's where I can walk away and say, I contributed today. I, I made a difference today. Uh, that, that quote that uh, Picasso said is you find that gift now you're giving it away. You're, you're operating in that. And in that regard, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You don't have to be the millionaire uh, that's, or the billionaire going into outer space to have purpose in life because there's a reason that they're chasing outer space. And it's not necessarily because they, they want to say that they're an astronaut. They're chasing that because they're still looking for significance. And the, the financial part of what they're doing they are not finding an identity or fulfillment in. So now they're like, well, let's try this. Maybe if I maybe if I, I join the elite group of 76 people who have left the earth and are now called astronauts, I will find purpose in that. I'm pretty sure mm. that that's that they're not going to find the purpose in that thing. It's 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 a nice little bullet point on your resume, but that's not your reason for existence. No. No, I I'll say this. I we put our culture puts so much emphasis on what we do. And I'll say this. I don't think anyone cares what we do because what we do hinges on who we are and why we do what we do. What we do has huge implications and it really, really matters. What we do really matters, but it hinges on who we are and why we do it. Our culture is, go is going to celebrate us and evaluate us by what we do publicly. But our life and legacy is built by what we do privately. 
people will totally build you up for going to a business conference on how to have a, a mission statement for your business. People will look at you cross-eyed if you say that you're working on your personal mission statement. What is, what is that about? That's not impressive. I tell you, what we do when, it, when a human being personally can look in the mirror and, and know their purpose, it propels them in everything that they do. But like I said, publicly, people applaud us for things that can be destroying us. And it, it, it can force us into this, to keep going down this road, to keep getting the applause of people. And no one knows that pursuing that road is also eroding us. Mm -hmm. I, tonight, I'm going to meet with, with 10 young men, all about 25 years old. And without a doubt, what we're going to talk about is that your job is not your purpose. And we're going to talk about the dangers of when your job is your purpose, because whatever your purpose is pretty much becomes your identity. It's how you gauge yourself with how my business is doing. What level of occupation do I have? And the way I'm going to help these young men understand it is by talking to them about, about childhood and what happens when your sport is your identity. Because most of these men in this room tonight have all played sports. And they all know the experience of giving your heart and your body and in your everything to the sport. And everywhere you go, people celebrate you because of it. You walk down the hallways of the school and there's banners and balloons celebrating you and your game coming up. And people, when they talk to you, they don't mean to do this, but this is what they do. They ask about your game and how you played last week. And the 17-year-old goes to visit family for Thanksgiving. What do they ask him? about your season coming up or the season that just finished and it becomes your identity. And then all of a sudden it disappears in a second. It might be after high school. It might be after a year of college ball. It might be after four years of college ball. It might be after a year of professional ball, but at some point it ends and it's just gone. And it's as if it never happened. And so if that sport was our identity, it is a crushing crisis. And we see this. These stories aren't told very often. I, I talked to a young man at a gas station last year, a former athlete, and he wasn't even a great athlete. He was just your normal high school ball player. And he said to me, when I played my sport, I felt, I felt like I was alive. It gave me a rush on the inside. But when high school ended, he said, nothing gave me that feeling. He said, but Adderall did. I talked to a former NFL player a couple of weeks ago, and he played eight years in the NFL. And he said, when it ended, he said, I spent months in my, in my game room at my house, just gaming and smoking marijuana. Just the crisis of it. I, a client I have. He's 40 years old. Listen to the story. He's 40 years old. He said, in my neighborhood, there were, there were eight of us boys that ran around together from elementary school on. We in the same neighborhood. And 
went to a big high school. He and all his buddies, they all played sports. They were all successful. Some went on to play college ball. He said, last year, of the eight of us guys, we just buried the fifth one. Hmm. All from opioids. And this man himself, he said, I struggled with it for eight years. And the identity crisis, when we put our purpose in the wrong place, or we find purpose in something that wasn't designed to be purpose, when it disappears, our identity and, and reason for being on planet Earth disappears with it. These are tough discussions to have, but I can't help to have them with men. Because this, what happens in childhood is a picture of what happens in adulthood. If a, if a kid puts his identity in his sport, at some point it's going to end. And in a second, he's going to wonder, what, what, what did that just mean? And now who am I? It's the same thing that happens with grown men. They might even sell their business for millions of dollars at the age 55. And there's a retirement party. And then they go home and there's this huge identity crisis that says, wait, what was my lifetime for? And so this is why knowing our purpose is so important because it is so, it is so much connected to our identity. When we know our purpose and, and when I, with the, the process we take people through is to help people have a purpose that is by God's design then we don't live with the threat of our identity be st being stolen from us. Okay. So, uh, yes, a lot there. Uh, I want to try to, I want to try to dissect that a little bit because there's a couple things that you said that, um, I, I, I want to make sure that we're differentiating identity and purpose because I think that uh, a lot of times those things get aligned to be the same thing, which is what you're talking about. And I think that there's also some clues to your purpose that come through some of the things that you're talking about. So, for example, like somebody who's successful in sports. Uh, and you, you said that the, the, there was a guy that said that every time I would play baseball or whatever, I would, I would come alive. I think that, that is a, that's a clue towards operating in your purpose. But I think that you have to look sometimes deeper than the actual sport itself to what exactly is causing you to come alive. So it may be that you won the game. Well, of course, if I win a game, I make a big play, that's going to be awesome. I'm going to feel alive in that moment. But is it because of all of the hard work and leadership to get your team to that point? Is that is that where the accomplishment is coming from? Is it just your uh, your your self discipline and training to do that? I don't think it's whether or not the ball goes into whatever uh, the hoop yeah. or the net or whatever else. Yeah. I don't think that is your purpose. I think your purpose is leading a team. I think your purpose is having uh, focus and discipline towards whatever you put your mind towards. And in that capacity, that's where you're operating in your purpose. So can you, can you kind of define a little bit further, maybe what, what would separate identity and purpose from each other? So that if somebody's sitting there going, well, you know, I've heard that if I, if I could do one thing in life and I could do it and money wasn't a factor that that's what I should do the rest of my life. 
Well, if that's the case, it would be eat nachos for me. Um, but I think that I, I, I think that there's more to it than that. So you want we want to find the thing that like is not a job to us, right? And it, it's what brings us life, and we we're energized by. But I think that it's in my purpose journey. It's not the playing basketball. It's not the running a company. It's not the hosting a podcast. Whereas the part of those things energize me. But the real thing that energizes me is that I'm taking somebody from like point A and I'm getting them to point B. And and how I do that, how I explain that, how I teach them that, how I communicate that, that's what brings me to life. That moment when I see the look on their face and they understand what I'm talking about, I'm like, I got it. They got it. Now their life will, will forever be changed because I was able to take them from here to there. I think that's where I start honing more into my purpose, then I'm a good salesperson or I'm a good leader or I'm a good owner or whatever that thing may be. So if you can differentiate identity and purpose for me. Well, I got to ask you before I do that. So would you say that your purpose is to help people go from point A to point B? I don't know that I would say that that is my purpose. I think that my my purpose is to in, in terms of helping other people un, like better understand things. So the analogy of point A to point B is uh, is obviously getting them there. But yeah. if I can bring people closer to God, then that's then that's for me getting them from point A to point B. If it's they have a problem and I'm I'm finding a solution for them, I'm solving that problem. I'm getting from point A to point B. So yes and no, but I I think ultimately I find purpose in that because. I'm either solving a problem or I'm helping them better understand maybe the tools and resources that they have at their disposal to get to where they want to go. And just for me to be a part of that. And I, what I've found for me is, is I, I'm able to see things more clearly than other people. I feel like I'm bragging. I'm not trying to brag, but I'm able to kind of get right to the heart of the issue quickly, as opposed to like all of the, all of the rabbit trails you could go. I'm like, no, that's, that's the problem right there. All right. So let's solve that problem. Once we solve that problem, it's going to unlock everything else. Whereas other people, it's like, I can't even see the problem yet. I don't know. I don't know what the issue is. I just know that we have an issue. And so sometimes for me, it's, it's, it's easier for me as a strength to come in and understand the Once I understand the situation, I say, okay, here, here's the areas that we need to solve and then go from there. So does that answer your question? No, it absolutely does. And I would ask you this, let's say your purpose was simply to bring people from point A to point B. Would that help you have a, a good focus with parenting? Well, that's how you uh, look. I definitely kids. do want to talk, talk about parenting, but yes, I, for me in parenting, I, my job is to successfully launch them and point them closer to Christ. Mm. So if I, if I can do that in my walk, uh, they don't have to be a straight A student for that to happen. Point A to point B for them is not all A's. Point A to point B for them would be, uh, am I thriving in my class? Am I learning? Am I giving 100%? Am I, the other part for me is is influence. So am I modeling that for them and, and mm. creating a good example for them? And that that's going to motivate me because if I can see my influence rubbing off on them, that means that I'm helping them grow uh, to be the man or woman that they're supposed to be. Yeah. I was just using what you said as an example, because I, when people look for purpose in the wrong place, it's impossible to find. That's why when you mentioned what people do commonly say, okay, what is something that you would do? Um, even if you didn't get paid money, what is something you would do? I, I, I get why we, 
we throw that out there to people. But the reality is there's lots of things that we want to do in life that are not going to pay money. And our purpose doesn't have to be attached to how we make money. Like we don't have to hold our purpose hostage until we find the perfect way of occupationally living it out. But to your question, purpose and identity, I'm not sure I know how to answer that question, but I like talking about it. I think they are so connected. It's interesting because there's we all feel like there's something that we want to do to contribute in this world. But the person that we be is the foundation of what we do. And so identity and purpose is, I think it's so connected together. And But if we stress too hard, human instinct is to put all this great focus on what I do and neglect the part about how I be, <laughs> which leads to great frustration. It doesn't matter what we want to do if we're not the person we should be. And so identity and purpose is, it, it, there's no way of pursuing purpose without also uncovering issues of identity. So there's there's definitely, maybe they're brothers. Maybe we could say it that way. Maybe they're brothers. So you said something uh, in a video that I watched uh, that when you know your purpose, that you bring that to the different things that you do. You bring that to your job. You bring that to your family. I think the same is true for identity. I think if you know your purpose, you're going to bring your purpose to your identity. But that's, and it, it may dictate some of that. Uh, and, you know, the Christian in me saying, well, my identity is in Christ. So, you know, just basically kind of, you know, surrendering even who I believe that I am to that. Or, like, my identity is I'm an American or I'm an Oklahoman. Well, there, I think there's a hierarchy of identity, but ultimately my purpose informs everything throughout my identity. If, if we were to kind of break that into multiple yeah. layers, I, I feel like I should get a hierarchy chart out or something. Yeah. I like this because when I think about identity and purpose, because they definitely go together, you can't separate them. I think when you know your purpose, it helps you to have a strong identity. Uh, and I'm just thinking this through as we're talking you know, but I think you also have to work on your identity to know your purpose. But I like to say this, that when you know your purpose, it helps you to be a one hat kind of man, which is every room you walk into, you are you. You're not like this really different person that at, at, though you have different um, roles you play at home versus at work and the community and the church, that at the core, when people experience you, they experience the same person. It's not like this whole different persona you have. It's like it's you. You're a one hat kind of man. And you you fulfill your purpose in at home like this. You take that same purpose to work like this and the same uh, purpose to your community like this. And everyone who experiences you experiences the, experiences the same person. So I think identity and purpose, it's definitely, you can't have one without the other. You can't build one without building the other. All right. So I, I just Googled identity because that's how I, how I figure things out. And so I think, I think I have an answer for this. I might've answered my own question, but I'd love to get your thoughts. <laughs> so uh, purpose, the definition of purpose is the reason for which something is done or created for which something exists. So why, why something exists? Identity is the fact 
of being who or what a person or a thing is. So uh, I think the easiest way to think about it is this, uh, a hammer. The identity of the hammer is the wooden handle, that the, the metal head, and the little nail thing on the back. And the purpose of the hammer is to drive a nail in. Mm. Uh, and so I think when you have those two things separated in that capacity, the other side of that is, is if I know I'm a hammer and I'm trying to cut a board, my identity is not in cutting that board because that's not what my purpose is. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes you get confidence in your identity and your per by knowing your purpose, because you can just, you can actually say no to things and say, you know what, I, my identity is not that, uh, because and my, sorry, my purpose is not that. So I'm not going to feel like a failure or a success if I'm not doing well in these things because I was not created for that purpose. Totally, totally agree. You can be totally confident in who, what you do bring to your world without feeling, you said it perfectly, without feeling like a failure because there are things that you don't bring. Mm -hmm. And I think failure plays a role in finding your purpose because I think that obviously, you know, there's, you have to fail to succeed. You have to fail to learn and grow. And I think failure often will point you towards your purpose because there will be things that you'll do that you'll fail at, but there'll also be things that you'll do that you'll be successful at. And the, the successes are going to point you in that direction of your purpose as you're doing those things, which I, I think is interesting when you talk about like the 15 year old versus the 50 year old. I think the 50 year old has maybe failed a lot more or, or maybe thinks that this is what their purpose is. Maybe, maybe it's a little misguided because I think you can be good at a lot of things, but I think maybe in the picture of the 15 year old, they have a little bit better idea because there's, there's been a, a, there's been less things to cloud the way of like, you know, what, what is the exact purpose for you to be here right now? Yeah. I, it's, it's a very motivating conversation. Um, I, I, what you said about failure, I, I have learned this the long way, <laughs> but it's, it's worth every year. Uh, it, it didn't matter how long it took me to learn this. I think the shortcut to human fruitfulness is to honestly face one's own failure and weakness mm -hmm. in a world where instinctually we're trying to be powerful with people. We're trying to prove our power and prove our success. I do not think there's a quicker, a better shortcut to human fruitfulness than to simply face one's own failures and weaknesses. It's the shortcut because because the mindsets, the character that caused me to fail is the stuff I need to face in order to live a different life. So I, I think facing failure, facing weakness, and this is what changed my life. I, I was a man that would just never face my weakness. I would never face my weakness. I just wanted to project my strength, which mm -hmm. is preposterous. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh at myself because I think about being the man I was for so many years that as long as I bought a shirt that fit me loosely, I was good. I was fine. I was never willing to face what was underneath my shirt. When I learned that you can, that you can face your weakness, facing one's weakness is an absolute gold mine. The human instinct is, I need to show the world how powerful I am. 
facing weakness is a shortcut to human fruitfulness. And that's a king, that's a biblical principle. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. But we spend our life trying to lift ourselves up. Yeah, I think when we're talking about that, I, th- I think we get caught in a comfort zone and we become comfortable. And when you're in the comfort zone, nothing good happens. It's just that's that's the extent of where the growth is. And getting outside of that comfort zone is really what pushes you to that next step. I mean, I think about um, my mountain men trip. When I went on mountain men, my comfort zone was at, it wasn't even at base camp. It was at, it was here in Tulsa. Like that was my comfort zone. So, but in order to get to the mountaintop, to get the mountaintop experience, there was a, there was a journey that had to happen and training was outside my comfort zone. It was painful. It was hot. It was, my body was sore, uh, riding 12 plus hours in a car and then hiking four hours to base camp. That was, that was really, really uncomfortable. But once I got there, it was beautiful. Uh, and once I, the next day or the two days later, when we, when we summited the mountain, like everything was worth it. And it was, I was facing those fears. There was literally a conversation that I had with myself, uh, as I was climbing the mountain, we'd just gotten past the switchbacks. And I said, this is stupid. I don't know why I'm here. I don't, um, this like I'm more calculated than this. There's too much risk here. If I get hurt, there's there's no way to get down. Like like I was just playing through all this this other stuff. And 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 part of that conversation was you know I was praying, and so I was just like you know God like I'm doing this for you. Like I don't like this. This is way like I'm pursuing you. I want that mountaintop experience. Uh, this is so uncomfortable. And in an instance, I heard well you know I died on the cross for you. So you know suck it up, buddy. And it was just one of those things that I was sitting there going, man, like the, the problems that we have, that the challenges that we face are so, so minor. And even what would be viewed as failure or what would be viewed as uncomfortable. Uh, a, a mentor of mine told me that nothing is wasted. So even if you're 50 years old, 60 years old, and you have all this life experience and you're turning around and you're looking at uh, this this conversation about purpose and you're saying to yourself, man, I don't know that I have fulfilled my purpose. I would challenge you to, 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 to look and have the conversation with God and say, God is my failure in these 60 years too much for you to overcome. Mm. Is, is that too much of a challenge for you? And uh, I'm going to guess that he's going to say, no, I can still use you. Nothing is wasted. I've mm. prepared you for this purpose but I'm also a big enough God that no matter what part you start in, I can still use you if you're willing. And I think that that's part of this conversation of purpose is no matter what phase of life you're in, no matter what time you're starting to ask yourself, what was I created for? What is my purpose for being here? Whether you're 15 or 50, it doesn't matter because God can can use that that life experience, they can use all of the tools and resources and everything that you've acquired up to this point for his purpose. And I think that's the ultimate purpose that we're working towards is understanding why does God have a creation uh, that has free will, that has a choice, and he, he he's created this experiment, if you will, uh, that the, the, the litmus test is, do you choose me? Do you choose me? Do you trust me? Do you love me? If, if, if you have your option, what, what do you do? 
And I think there's a lot of people that are trying to find their purpose in that. And sometimes they get so distracted with everything else that they miss the true purpose, which is choose me, follow me and point others to me. Yeah, I totally agree. I echo what you said that it's not too late for anybody. The freedom, the freedom that can be experienced uh, and I, I, I can just say from my own personal experience, because I felt like most of my adult life was lived in a prison and right outside the, those doors was the life of the man I was supposed to be. And uh, I, I, I can't explain it, but it, it wasn't until I was 47, maybe 48 years old that uh, I experienced a, a personal freedom to go live out my purpose. I don't have any regrets. I don't look back and think, man, the years that were wasted. Um, when you experience what redemption is in Christ, the redemption is so full. It's as if everything that you messed up in the past is somehow used for good that's beyond your abilities. So there's just no regrets. So it's not too late for anybody. Not for anybody. There's no way that someone listening to this podcast has somehow blown it too much or it's too late for them. It's just not possible. Yeah. Well, hopefully we're impacting some lives today as you would, uh, taking them from point A to point B. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I want to do, I want to kind of wrap this up a little bit. Um, I, I want to talk specifically about brotherhood and I'd, I'd love to get your kind of input on this. I think that finding purpose and, and, and following Christ in a brotherhood, I think that there's definitely some uh, correlation there as well. What role do you, would you say that brotherhood has in helping people find their purpose and, and live in their purpose? Yeah, I, I, I've grown up, I've been raised in the church. And I could tell you, I don't know that you can walk with God without walking with his people. I, I, it, there are so many people... We try to walk with God privately and then show up publicly. I, I think showing up with other men is, is how you learn to walk with God. Uh, we don't learn to walk with God and then walk with men. We walk with other men and learn how to walk with God. I, I can't uh, say enough for how important it is that we have people in our life we really are only as strong as the people we hang out with. And it can sound almost unspiritual. It sounds more spiritual to say, you know, I'm walking with God. And as if it's this, you know, single sport kind of, uh, single athlete kind of sport, it's something you do alone. And then you show up with people. I think showing up with people is how you learn how to be strong with God. We all believe with all of our heart, that God wants to use us in someone else's life. I think we all instinctually think that way. Yeah, God wants to use me in someone else's life. And we look for that. What we don't instinctually believe and understand is that God wants to use someone else in our life. But it's hard for God to use someone else in our life unless we show up and say, here I am, brothers. And wow. I'll, I'll say this. It, it, my life, I, I keep it very, very, very simple. If I, real quickly, I'll tell you the, 
I call this my life mantra. I don't even know if that's the right word, but that's what I call it. It's my thing. It's what I do. <laughs> but on this piece of paper, the heading is only be strong and courageous. And then underneath that are my two action steps that I must do daily. And one of those two action steps is to trust the people under my nose. And it reminds me to stay connected with people in a real way. Instead of trying to be this, you know, lone wolf over here and then show up and be strong with people. I've learned to show up and be weak with people. I want people in my life. I can show up and be weak. And um, so that's my, one of my action steps that I, I refuse to not have in my life is just to show up, show up around strong men consistently, whether I am doing well or I'm not doing well, just show up around strong men. Yeah. I think it was uh, Jim Rohn said, uh, you're the average of the five people that you hang around. And I think that what you're talking about there is, is, is a big part of that, partly because I think they challenge you to, to step out. I think they sometimes show you the way. Um, and I think you do need to have a vulnerability and humility that you bring to that. But at, at the same time, you know, you're, you're obviously helping people along their way, way too. But I, I love that statement that you talked about that, you know, God can use other people in your, in your life and you need to allow that to happen too. I think sometimes yeah. we get so outwardly focused that we're just like, I have to be this certain way so that I can do these things. And sometimes I, I think that, you know, when you hear an altar call or, or you hear somebody talking about, you know, taking some steps outside of the norm, you know, I'm definitely guilty of being the person to be like, Oh no, not me. Like this is, this is for the sinners in the room. Like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't need to work on anything. And I'm daily reminded how much I don't know. Yeah. And I think that sometimes you just have to get to that point where, you know, the the 16 year old me knew everything and the 40 year old me realizes that i only know such a small percentage i might as well say i don't know anything but yeah. the goal with all of that is is doing that in community recognizing that there's a bigger picture recognizing that i am created for a purpose and being surrounded by those kinds of people that are going to help me get closer to that guys like dave jewett helped me find uh, find out my one degree, my, my true purpose. And, and, and I, you know, now it's testing it out. Now it's walking in it. Now it's taking those steps to say, okay, I've done the inward look. I've done the dirty work. Now it's let's, let's actually walk through that mm. and see what happens. And he, he classifies it as look for the home runs. What are the things that when you do things within your purpose, within your one degree, are the things that you see God move in? Mm. And I think that for me is if I were to kind of kind of give a key takeaway from from people listening to into this, because I, I feel like we just scratched the surface on purpose. But I think ultimately there's a lot of people saying to themselves, man, I, I'm, I'm just racking my brain on my purpose and I still I still haven't found it. I think I think one of the steps you can take is give Mark a call and, and, and let's talk about the purpose mastermind. But I think the other thing is look at some of those home runs. Maybe maybe you're not tuned into them yet, but maybe you can look back and say, what areas of my life have I seen God move? And if and if I'm going back to the the, the part where we talk about God created me for a purpose and I see God move in things that I've done, I'm going to do a little bit raw math and say, maybe the things that I see God move in are the things that God initially put into me for my purpose. Mm. And I think that can help you guide you closer to your purpose. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree.
Mark, I want to give you an opportunity to have the last word as we as we kind of close this up. Just give you an opportunity to speak directly to the brotherhood, uh, to kind of share uh, you know, a little bit more on your journey, but also just uh, you know what would what would be your message to the brotherhood? I would just say to any man, we're all made for a purpose, and we can know it. We can know our purpose, and we can be set free from anything that keeps us from living it out boldly. And probably the only thing that would hold us back from knowing our purpose is just trying to figure it out on our own. Mm. That's probably the only thing that would hold a man back from knowing his purpose is trying to figure it out on his own. There's, there's, there are no bonus points in life for figuring out stuff on your own. If you imagine any award ceremony you've ever seen, whether it's a sport or some kind of Hollywood event and somebody gets award, Every, every speech begins with the same words. Thank you. Because no one achieves anything in life on their own. So this is a team sport. And so if you want to know your purpose, uh, let someone help you with it. I can do that. There's other people that can help, can help you with that as well. But uh, you're not on your own. Not on your own. And I think that's what brotherhood is. I, I think that's why it's important to have a brotherhood, to seek out a brotherhood, uh, to to create your own brotherhood and and obviously to for the for the brotherhood from the, the there's a capital B brotherhood and the little the lowercase B brotherhood both of those I think are important in our lives. Mark, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to share your purpose with us to help us dissect purpose and identity and everything else that we've talked about. I think this is something that just from a brotherhood perspective we need we need more of, and I'm hoping that we can continue to create content like this to challenge our our listeners brothers remember honor all people love the brotherhood fear god and honor the king we'll catch you on the next podcast